Ambition Feed. Hi, I'm Hannah Allies and this is Feedback, the podcast that looks at what's been going on this month on Ambition Feed. This month's theme is called Culture and Ethos and on this programme we're going to be talking about episode 5 of the podcast, so if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and come back to us later. Today we're joined by Nelly Alessa, who is Programme Manager for the Talented Leaders Programme, and Andrew Ettinger, Director of Leadership Development here at Ambition. Hi Nelly and Andrew, could you introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about what you do here at Ambition? Hi, so I'm Nelly. I am the Programme Manager for the Talented Leaders Programme, which is a programme sponsored by the Department for Education, uh, where we look after head teachers turning around challenging schools across the UK. Uh, we currently have 26 heads with us on the programme and two cohorts. So this is what I do at Ambition. And I'm Andrew, I'm Director of Leadership Development here. I'm mainly responsible, amongst other things, for the content and design of our middle leadership focused programme, such as Teaching Leaders, and also our MPQ Alliance. Fab, thanks guys. So, we're going to be talking about school culture and ethos today, but before we get started, I'd really like to talk about how we, what we mean by school culture and ethos. So, could you maybe talk about your definitions of that, how you understand that? Um, so, I think ethos is really about what, what's, the, what's our big thing? What's the one thing that you think about when you talk about our school? What's the, what's the thing that we think is going to make the biggest difference to the lives of kids? And schools across the country have chosen lots of different approaches to that, but the ones who are really successful are the ones who pick something and really run with it, whether that be oracy, whether that be getting to the university or whether that be nurturing pupils. So t- taking the ethos is what's, what's the thing that we collectively sign up to that we think is going to make the biggest difference. And then the culture is really that collective agreement about how we get there. So what was our understanding of how we work together? What, how have we agreed that we're going to take things forward and how we're going to work as a school and as a unit and as a collective? To add to that, I think ethos is really the school's beliefs, what does the school believes in, what is the vision and, and aim of the school, and also what the atmosphere is and the climate for growth. And that feeds in what the values of the schools would be. I believe culture is really about the character of the school. That's how we define culture, how each member of staff children, stakeholders operate, having a shared vision and agreed values, um, as well as standards of of expectations in regards to behaviour. Let's talk about the podcast. So you both had a listen. We had Chris and Rachel from Oldham Academy North talking about their own school culture and ethos and especially the values that they'd implemented. So what did you guys think? Yes, I I really love the podcast. Um, I believe what really stood out is the importance of leading by example. I believe that this is how we influence, this is how we get the best out of our children and out of our staff. The impact of values is is, is huge, is how you bring out the best of the children, how you bring out the best of your staff, and it creates a place where everyone can thrive. Yeah, it was a really interesting podcast, and I think a couple of things particularly stood out for me. One was um, the way that they'd gone about it as a collective approach. They talked about we and us and our all the time and all the way through it, and that was how they'd gone about working out what the culture would be and how they took it forward and that that included the pupils as well as the staff so it really felt like a collective endeavour it was the culture that they all believed in and they were all going to sign up to and I think the other thing that stood out I'm not sure I completely agreed when they said teaching is the toughest job in the world but it is tough and that actually having this culture and taking it forward consistently helps with that it is challenging working in schools, particularly schools in challenging contests, but having a culture that everyone signed up to, A, is tough to do in itself, but is something that is important. But secondly, that it helps 
when you're facing challenging circumstances and you're dealing with the issues that pupils and teachers need to face on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Great, thank you. So one of the things I picked up on actually um, was consistency and the fact that they talked about that constantly as, as something that was really key for them when they were putting those values into place. Um, are there any other characteristics that you guys would pick out that are key for creating a school culture? I think as well as consistency, what's really important for school leaders to have is a very strong vision, a clear vision that can be articulated to all stakeholders, so staff, the children, but also parents, uh, governors, community. So it's really key that the vision is clear, the vision can be articulated from different perspectives and also to get the buy-in from all stakeholders in order to make that happen. And I think a couple of things that I noticed particularly was thinking about what the artefacts are that construct our culture, how are the, what are the things that where the, the, the culture and the values manifest themselves and how do we keep reminding ourselves of what our culture and our values are. So I think you can, they, they talked about the um, acronym team that they use in lots of schools, you'll see that they have their values post up around the school or they have messages from mm. going up the stairs or wherever they are across the school. So what are the artefacts that show our culture and make sure that everyone keeps reminding themselves of that? And then I think the other thing that I think I noticed was when Chris was talking about, and he, he talked all the way through from the pedagogy and the type of teaching they use, but all the way through to what the email culture mm. was in the school. So I think what was important was how that culture is really embedded into everything that they do, not just what happens in the classroom, but how they behave of course, with each other as teachers and as staff, and how everything the school does is in line with the culture and the values that they've all agreed to sign up to. So um, obviously, on the podcast, I think that was a really good example of um, a school culture coming to life. Um, I'm really interested in what you guys have seen from your experience of good culture. Obviously, Nelly working on TLP, you must see that all the time. Um, do you have a, an example that you'd like to share? Yes, I've got a lot of examples, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to, I guess, a couple that I thought um, really stood out. So as you know, the Talented Leaders programme and head teachers on this programme work in very tough schools, in challenging contexts, uh, challenging areas and isolated areas. The key things that I found that really stood out was the language used in those schools, both with staff and with the children, language of high expectations, language of empowerment, language of aspiration and belief, but most importantly, language that said, you can achieve anything and I, I expect the best from you, basically. So every single member of staff when I visited those schools, lived with the belief that every child could achieve. You could see it in a classroom, you could see it in the corridors. Uh, so that interaction that the head teacher had with staff and children was really key. I think one example that really represented that when, was when, when, when I visited Derby Moore Academy in Derby. The culture has completely changed in the school. The school was recently judged as good at the beginning of the year and I really believe that culture had a lot to do with that. Another great example, and I believe Andrew, Andrew mentioned that earlier, which was really good, is well-being, which was also highlighted in the podcast. And the importance of well-being and introducing a culture that supports that from the head teacher down to every member of staff and, and children and I think, like Nelly said, there's lots of different examples because I think actually what good means like in terms of culture is really for the school to determine for itself mm. um, according to their context, according to the values of the staff and the pupils. So I can't really say there's one particular good culture that, that all schools should adopt, but I think it's that the, where it's worked well or where it's positive is where schools have consciously constructed that mm. themselves. The risk is obviously if you just leave a culture to emerge, it can potentially become negative and that's where culture can become a risk. So actually where 
culture is good is where there's been conscious effort to construct a positive culture. And I think there are a couple of particular ways that I've seen where schools have done that really well. And the first one is something we both mentioned is about how it's, whether that's a collective agreement across the staff and the pupils and how that then manifests itself. So whether that's the pupils shaking hands with the head teacher when they walk past them in the corridor, whether it's family dining, whether it's a school panto, whatever the things are where the, the school, the staff and the pupils come together for a collective, um, collective approach. And then the other thing is how this culture and how the values are embedded into everything that the school does, how it's included in things like the policies mm-hmm. um, that signed off. So the, the, the culture has to go right the way up to the governors um, who'll be signing off the policies and, and setting them. So I think this, the culture needs to be completely included in everything that the school does. So for example, there are schools where you'll see in, in their recruitment, they take much more precedence about how people sign up to the values of the school rather than how good they are at teaching because they believe they can teach them how to teach, but they need them to subscribe to the values of the school to show that they're really going to buy into it um, and take forward that collective view. Well, there's another school where I know where one of their values is aspiration. So they've changed their performance management approach. So rather than having appraisal meetings, they have motivation meetings because that's in line with the values that they have. So it goes right the way through from how you teach, how you communicate, Mm. but also through to how the schools operate on a policy and operational level as well. So really taking forward the values and the culture into everything that a school does. And I think what's important on, on that point, Andrew, I love I love that you mentioned how it's constructed. I found that head teachers, I, I'm talking from a talented leaders program perspective, but I, I think any head teacher actually, how they construct values in the culture of the school is very important. And that collaboration of including the children, including the staff, including the governors, through different activities, whether it's words finding, whether it's through surveys, assemblies, but they found different ways to actually define the culture of the school through involving every party, which was really powerful and gets the buy-in from everybody. That's a really good point and that actually brings me on to my next question. So um, Ambition Feed isn't just a podcast, we've also got lots of blogs on the website um, and one of those was by Martin Atkinson, it was all about buy-in. So I guess my question for you guys is, how can leaders get that buy-in? What, what can they do um, to ensure that there is that sort of collective approach? Yeah, so I think it, it resonates with some of the things we've talked about so far, but I, th- I think one of the, the key things for leaders to do is, is to really live it and to demonstrate that they're abiding by and living through the culture and the values that they've agreed with their staff and their pupils. So, for example, if you have an exclusion meeting, how, what do your values tell you about the decisions you need to be making in those, in those meetings? So really, even when you're getting to those really tough decisions, but being really explicit about how your values and your culture are informing the decision-making that you're having. So right the way through, a leader should be living the culture. But on the flip side of that, they also need to be making sure that they're empowering their team to help form the culture and make the decisions. I think it was really interesting from the podcast where Chris and Rachel were talking about how they constructed their values and their culture together as a team, rather than Chris came in as head and just said, here's the culture and here's mm-hmm. the values. It was a collective decision-making process that they went through. So I think it's, it's about living, living the values, but also empowering your team to be able to help to construct those values as well. Mm-hmm. Just to add on what Andrew was saying, I think it's important to again, lead by example, but the importance of listening as well, uh, which I believe is something that Chris mentioned in the podcast, listening to staff, listening to to the children and showing them what's possible and inspiring them, I think is a a good place to start. But also I think I I can't emphasise the importance of having a clear vision and and making sure that staff and children understand what the vision is. Otherwise, people cannot go forward if they don't know where they're going. So they need to know where are we going, where are we, how are we going to get there? And having the head teacher, the leader, the cheerleader to, to show them that it is possible that, and that they can achieve together. 
Great, so I'd like to talk now a bit about um, the qualities of leaders. So what, what are there any particular qualities that either of you have noticed um, that are great for implementing school culture? Yes, I would start by saying a whole lot of resilience is key. I think we have to be realistic, you know, implementing the right school culture is not always easy, especially of what may have happened in the past, what may have been tolerated in the past, and being put in a position where things need to change in order to, to see success. So I think leaders need to be mindful that they will have to make tough decisions. They may encounter resistance and then being able to overcome that and still get the buying from, from staff. So I think it's key. And then I think we, we mentioned a few other things before. So I think things like clarity of vision and enable to ability, the ability to articulate that. And then, but also I find that leaders who really have a strong sense of conviction and belief of what is possible are really influential. I, it's not to be underestimated the power of belief. And I think as a head teacher, especially deputy head and, and SLT and teacher, it's very important to have that strong sense of belief that the child can achieve, the child can be the best that they can be. And as a head teacher or even you know multi-academy trust, it's very important to ensure that this sense of belief is 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 you know seen across the board. I completely agree with Nelly, and I think I think building from from an earlier point you made as well. I think the the other thing that I think leaders need is is to be strategic thinkers, and it's important in here. What what does success look like for them? What will the world be like if this comes off? And how does that inform the ethos? What's the thing that's going to get us there? And then, what's the best path that we need to take in order to get from where we are now to where we want to be? And how does our culture? support us to getting between those two places and then as you said it's the drive and the determination to get from point a to point b and not letting up all the way along that journey so my next question i think we've touched on a bit but um it's really important one because on social media there's been a lot of conversation around it and that's about language and the language that's used when implementing school culture um obviously on the podcast as well they talked about va their values being as you already said like across every single aspect of the school um, so in your experience, how important is language and, and in what ways? Yeah, I mean, language has got to be, as educators, as people, we have to believe that language is essential and important. It's how we construct our sense of selves. And as we develop in schools, developing young people and pupils to become adults, they, ha they construct themselves through the language that we use and that they use with them. And so language that is in line with our culture and supports our families has got to be essential to everything because it's how the pupils think of themselves. And if it becomes aspirational, it becomes high expectations, and all of the things we want the pupils to believe about themselves becomes the consistent use of language. Well said. I think just to add to that is having a growth mindset, I think, is key. Um, this weekend language that needs to be, again, seen throughout the board um, in relation to how language is being used in the school. Great. And my last question is, why is getting school culture right so important? When we think about it, the culture of the school impacts on student performance, it impacts on parents' involvement, it impacts on community support and so many other aspects. So having a positive and, and inspirational culture is key, I think, in order to get the positive outcomes and in order to, to, to reach the mission of the school, I would say. Mm. Yeah, and I, th I think the other thing particularly that, that Rachel and Chris talked a lot about and we've mentioned here is about consistency as well. I think, I think we know anyone who works or has kids knows that being consistent 
and your approach with them is is so important um, for them. Although I think I'm consistently a pushover with my kids, which, but, it, <laughs> but that consistency is so important. Um, not just for the pupils though, but also um, for the adults and the staff who work in the schools as well. I think I don't know if it's a true story or not, but apparently Obama only had one colour of suit, so he wouldn't get decision fatigue. Um, mm. throughout the day because he had so many important decisions to make he didn't need to have that decision about which colour of suit to make and as a teacher you have so many constant micro and macro decisions to make mm. all the way through the day it's not about taking the autonomy away and being able to make your own decisions but it just supports you to be able to make decisions which you know are in line with the approaches of the rest of the staff and the pupils in the school and I think I, I'm sure you heard this, but I've heard so many leaders say, you know, I've become this because my teacher told me that I could. And it, it cannot be underestimated. So I think getting the culture right, and, and even this whole conversation that we're having, the points that Chris and Rachel were making in the previous podcast is really a lifelong impact. And it goes to say, you know, how important that is. Thanks so much. That was some really, really great conversation there. Um, I, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. That's all we're going to have time for in this episode. Um, but yeah, thank you to Nelly and Andrew for your insights on this show. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Don't forget, you can share your tips and thoughts online. Search for Ambition Feed on Facebook or find us at hashtag Ambition Feed on Twitter. Next month, we'll be taking a look at developing others. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>